Revealing Voices is a mental health podcast that is faith-based, peer-led, story-driven, and stigma-breaking. Host Tony Roberts and guest hosts with lived experience take you on a journey of revealing voices, working for justice, crying out for healing, speaking the truth in love, and expressing beauty in art. I'm Kevin Early Bird Early, technical producer and sound mixer, and I want to welcome you to Revealing Voices. Hello, this is Tony Roberts, and this is uh, Revealing Voices, and I have a new full-time co-host and associate producer, Kevin Early Bird Early, for our inaugural episode we thought it would be fun to have a castmate a fellow castmate for kevin in his appearance on the ken burns crew documentary hiding in plain sight uh kevin if you want to say something about that sure i met you mary what was that three years ago two years ago yeah almost three in june <laughs> okay, three years. I'm just remembering because you were 19 when I met you, and now you just yeah, turned yeah. 21. And what yeah. were you like, 16 when they filmed your part for the documentary? No, I was uh 17, turning 18. Okay, but you were you were pretty young when they filmed your part. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but uh, it is my great pleasure to make a friendship with you and get to know you better. And we met in Billings, Montana for the premiere mm-hmm. of the Hiding in Plain Sight documentary. And she just has a wonderful spirit. And uh, I'll let her introduce herself further. Hi, my name is Yanari. Um, I'm a participant in the film Hiding in Plain Sight. I recorded in the film when I was 18 and now just recently turned 21. So here we are. Yanari, do you, um, for those that aren't familiar with the film and what, you know, it was about youth, uh, mental health. So I just want to ask a basic question. Do you have a mental health diagnosis? And would you share in your own words what it looks like in your life? Yeah. Well, I have ADHD. <laughs> I also have chronic anxiety and like seasonal depression whenever it comes and goes sometimes. But um. Back when I was about 16, 17, I had like drug induced psychosis. So, but um, I think the kind of what's at the top is the ADHD for me because it's, it's really hard to focus and just go day to day, even dealing with your emotions and feeling so intensely at certain times. It's hard to deal with it. Mixing in with the anxiety kind of, you know, brings it to another level. But overall, I've been handling it pretty well um i recently moved to oregon with another participant from the film billy and um just been focusing on myself new environment new people to be around and it's, it's been helping me a lot great for the first time in billings montana when i met you or did you meet her before then i met billy at the white house Okay, so that was a couple months or a month or so before the yeah. premiere. Okay. Yeah. And I, I unfortunately was unable to go to the White House because I had COVID at the time. Right. So did Ken Burns, actually. He was he had COVID <laughs> at the time. So 
That was sad. <laughs> well, if Kim Burns isn't going, I'm not going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're boycotting with COVID. <laughs> so, Yaneri, how old were you when you started having symptoms? What were they and how did they make you feel? Um, I had to be maybe five, six years old when the ADHD really kind of set in. Being a kid, I couldn't I couldn't sit down in class or stay still. I'd have to run around and then after a while I just fall to the ground and take a nap. It's just a constant cycle of being really hyperactive and then dead after. So I think it started, yeah, around fifth grade. Or no, uh when I was five years old, but in fifth grade is when my anxiety started. I noticed that like talking to other classmates or just trying to be part of a certain friends group, you feel really anxious, thinking about what are they saying about me? Do they like me? And that's when really my anxiety and my depression kind of mixed into it. When I went to high school and I started kind of experience, experimenting with drugs when I was 16, that's why I had experiences of the drug-induced psychosis. Yeah. How are you doing with that now? A lot better. I actually, um, I think... It's been about a year or two since I've seen any visual or auditory hallucinations. So I'm, I'm on a good track so far. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So would you say that your mental health condition has been debilitating at all? And has it on the other flip side, has it made you stronger in any way? I think the documentary had a lot to do with that and a lot. It just taught me a lot and it taught me to kind of make peace with what I have and to accept myself. And it does, it does feel that way sometimes because to go on these podcasts or to be in um, the Ken Burns film, just talking about myself and my experiences, it helps a lot of people and I get to see that. And so, yeah, it, it definitely feels really good from time to time. But when you have your lows, it's just, you know, it's really low, but overall, it, it's been feeling really good, and I love helping people out. Great. Great. Uh, what was it like to work with uh, the Ken Burns Hiding in Plain Sight documentary and the director, Eric and Chris? What was it like working with them? Oh, it was amazing, I think. Um, I mean, immediately, kind of me and Eric clicked because we both had experience, bad experiences um, with our fathers so immediately we clicked and once they had came over to my house to record they were the sweetest they even suggested having my therapist there if I felt like I was gonna freak out or excuse me had too much anxiety they were really like all hands on we're here to help you and what you what you don't want to say you don't have to say just just whatever comes comes and just talk freely and then after they gave us, um, they bought us some pizza and stuff. So it was, it was really nice. They were very accommodating and very gentle. Mm -hmm. I had a similar experience. Uh, they were very nervous to interview me. Eric told me this later. He said he didn't know what he was walking into and would I, was I going to be psychotic? Would I like attack him? So he was a little afraid. <laughs> I was one of the first handful of people they interviewed so they could get funding to make the rest of the movie. And I think 
uh, he apologized for thinking that way. And I said, no problem. You know, people have their preconceived yeah. ideas about everything. And then when you meet somebody and that veneer kind of slips off and you learn them for who mm -hmm. they are, you know, and they, they were great for me too. They gave me a lot of artistic freedom to draw things for the movie and paintings and music. So they, they were great for me too. I really enjoyed working with them. Yeah, Eric had uh, mentioned that last time. He said, um, with me and you, that he didn't know what he was walking into, but like both of us are like the most down to earth people he's ever met. And it's like, <laughs> ever, like ever since then, he's never afraid to just go up to anyone and just talk to them, despite, you know, their mental illnesses. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So we're going to ask a little more about the film and how it has impacted you and your your own journey. Uh, I, one feature of that or one facet of that, I'm curious to know uh, from what you have seen and experienced, have have you seen less stigma now that the film is out or do you, do you think it's about the same or could it, could it be worse? Um. I think for me personally, it depends on the area and the environment because me now living in the West Coast, you see a lot of people talking about those conversations in my experience. And you see, you know, a lot of programs and nonprofit organizations that are there for people who have mental illnesses. But when you go to the East Coast where I was born and raised and you go to my community, you don't really see that and you don't really hear about it a lot you don't hear about people saying like depressed like kind of <clears throat> the way that we were raised in that area we're just raised to keep it to ourselves and or to talk about it with a close friend so i think it really it really depends on the area definitely coming out yeah. of west coast i see a lot differently and do you think that's also true with like racial ethnic communities it varies <laughs> Yeah, I think it definitely does vary a lot. You can go to certain states and they have their stigmas about those states, but it's, it's you know, there has been situations that has happened that gives those stigma to those states. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think it truly depends on the area you're in. The next question, do you have any stories you want to share about working with me or any other cast members? <laughs> Yes, that you can't share. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many. <laughs> I mean, um, um, I think one of the best nights I've experienced with you guys was in Montana when we went out drinking that night and <laughs> we were just causing havoc and Eric was so worried about us. He wanted us to <laughs> <laughs> but we're out here running around and it's just but that was really a good memory I loved Montana I truly did but um, documentary literally changed my entire life um, ever since I met Billy another participant we clicked immediately like we talked every day for two years and, um, and now I live with her and so it's like it's just really amazing how much it's and contributed and helped my life that I get to call you guys my family like you're my second family 
And um, especially with Eric, like I could call him up any day of the week and he'll just, you know, we'll laugh together. We'll have a conversation. But um, overall, I think obviously what tops it all is the White House. It was amazing. And yeah, I don't think there's anything that compares to that. Okay. How about um do you want to tell the story of us getting tattoos? Oh yes, yes. <laughs> um we were actually at a country club in Montana. Um we were like golfing, right? Or like some people we were, were in the pool or something. Yeah, some people were golfing, some people were like chilling by the pool and um I I don't I'm not sure if it was your idea or um I think some- it was me and Morgan I think were <laughs> Morgan, they came up to us and were like, tattoos? And I was like, what? Yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And we all decided, and Morgan came up with the idea. She edited um, Resilience, the name of the second episode. And she kind of put it in a cursive writing. And we just, some of us decided to get that. And then Kevin and Chris got the hiding in plain sight. Mm. Amazing though. Like, and didn't you also get the storm? Yeah, I got the storm right here. Okay. I got I got that later mm-hmm. on. Okay. I met Eric mm-hmm. in Oregon. Me and Eric did an event at Billy's college. And um I was like, tattoos, and we just <laughs> decided to get it again. And I, what is really, really insane about that story is the guy who gave us tattoos, he was friends with the creators of this one really like famous show, regular show. He's friends uh-huh. with the creators of regular show, and he actually has a character in regular show that is based off of him. So it was oh, cool. like it, it was like so random, but he was like just having a conversation with us, and it's just it's so crazy, like just meeting these people, and like he grew up with. He, he the tattoo artist grew up with not only people who made regular show but also Gravity Falls. And oh, he was cool. like, yeah, and he was like showing us like the the pictures of him and the creators in high school, and you can see the drawings on their paper of them just starting to draw the characters, and it's like oh, little. Wow. It's insane. It was really really amazing though. So now that you've had this pivotal life-changing experience in hiding in plain sight and you've had some time to reflect on on your life and make changes moving cross-country for one what are some of your hopes and dreams for the future my hopes and dreams especially with this second film that's coming out that's for adults i hope that it can really reach the generations that for us because while we do deal with a lot of stigma surrounding mental health, I can't even imagine how it was for my great grandmother, you know, and mm. like like my grandmother. And so I really hope that with this new film, it really touches and speaks to people because um, I truly feel like that's where stigma, a lot of the stigma stems from. And, you know, you're not, you're not born to behave, you're taught to behave. And I feel mm-hmm. like if we, get to somewhat of the root of the problem with those generations and just kind of spread the word it will help a lot but um, other than that 
um, my dream is I go back to film school and eventually when I graduate, I want to either help Eric out with some films or find a position in his company. Great. Yeah. Excellent. So are you enrolled now or you're in the process of looking at schools and yeah, I actually just finished um, a semester back in Connecticut, but since mm-hmm. I I moved here about two months ago, and so I'm mm-hmm. um, looking at some colleges, but I, I mean, I'm doing pretty mm-hmm. good. I've been here for two months. I already have my own car. Getting there, so <laughs> I'm getting Great. there. <laughs> Excellent. It's funny you say you want to work for Eric when Eric's on the East Coast and you just moved to the West Coast. Right, right. <laughs> I think that, you know, eventually when I truly do want to pursue my career, I think I'll go back to New Hampshire. It's just I'm not going back home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything you want to plug or do you have a website or anything you want to plug or any organization you want to plug that we need to know about? Um, actually, um, Work to Be Well is um, – the organization that uh, Billy's mom kind of orchestrates. And I think people should know a lot more about that because me and Billy are actually working on college curriculum for the for mental health. And we're using segments of the documentary to build that curriculum off of. Work and nice. to bewell.com yeah, or .org? Well, is it .com or .org? I believe it should be .com. Let me see. I see um, dot org work yep. in the number two be well. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Okay. All right. All right. So Excellent. we can put that in the uh, description yeah. of the of the uh, episode here. You can also plug my my Instagram. It's y a n period e r r y because me and Billy and Evan, if you'd like to hop on. We're actually going to start a podcast pretty soon. Nice. Oh, I'd love to be on your podcast. I'm going to plug that into my Instagram. So. Yeah, okay. that's excellent. Well, this is a good, uh, like, well, this this is identical to Taylor Swift uh, <laughs> announcing at the Grammys. Yeah. That, that about her new album title. This is identical. <laughs> you have a podcast <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right, right. That's great. Yeah. So, yeah. is there anything else you want the listeners to know about mental health or recovery or your life or anything? Yeah. I think um, not a lot of people touch on this subject, and I think it's really important. Um, some people expect to find the right therapist right away or find the right medication right away. And, um, or even when you get to a point where you're at a real, real high and you feel really good, you're eating every day, you're sleeping, you're getting eight hours of sleep. People have to acknowledge that even though you get to that good point, you can fall back. And that doesn't mean that it's the end of the world or it's it's like, what am I doing wrong? This is a, with mental health, it's a constant, consistent battle where you're going to be brought down and then climb your way back up. I just want people to know that you're going to fall and it's going to suck. But as long as you keep striving, moving towards being higher, you'll build more tolerance. I think that's true. I know uh, being in the public eye like you and I have been, 
with this documentary, I know um, I've been quote unquote successfully living with mental illness for a while now. And about a year or two ago, I started going to therapy again because I felt like I was going to relapse because people will have all this expectation of me to be the successful person. Mm-hmm. And I've got a therapy appointment tomorrow. I got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about with her. But um, yeah, it's a lot of pressure to be well all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a consistent battle. Absolutely. Well, we want to thank you so much for making yourself available and answering our our questions and uh, for the work you're doing and even for the days you don't feel so great. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased to hear you, you are, uh, you're t- taking care of yourself and your friend, Billy. And yeah, um, yeah that's wonderful. Maybe we'll get Billy on the next episode if she wants to be on. Oh, definitely. You definitely have to have her on. <laughs> you know how Billy is. <laughs> I love her. <laughs>